Welcome, everybody, to another episode of After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, our producer. Uh, it is uh, the week where we have our Deep Dive 10. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We also have uh, Friday is the day that John has chosen other commitments over <laughs> After Further Review. I've paid and, work. And we he has paid work. He has paid work. So as opposed to continuing with the investment of time, energy, and commitment One to this show, to One the day. for the off chance that there may be some monetization coming down the line, he is going for the easiest, cheapest buck and leaving our show Friday. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, we're also going to talk uh, to Jay Hayes, former tight ends coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, coach Long-time at, NFL assistant coach. I mean, yeah, Jay spent a lot of time on a lot of teams, yeah. And uh, so we'll talk to him about that. He has a, a camp he's running in Canton uh, for folks that are have, haven't gotten drafted, who have sort of fallen through the cracks, given them other opportunities. He has a, another uh, Ethos Village uh, a webinar that they had a week ago. We'll talk about that with some big names from the NFL as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. He's calling us from the road. Nice. So that should be technologically very interesting. We're going to do the FaceTime live audio bit. I don't Who know knows that how that's going to work? I don't know what any of that means. We will talk some serious overreaction about yesterday. And why don't we start there right now? The, the Cowboys avoided a huge, embarrassing, and potentially fatal 0-2 start because they looked horrible for three and a half quarters and they are already coming off of a loss, and it's to Atlanta, and they salvaged their season. And we've seen this before, John, and I don't know if you think this is what's going to happen, but I do. It's uh, equivalent to the uh, Coach Herrick UCLA 1995 team where they almost lost, I think it was either game one or game two, what, to Missouri? To Missouri, yeah. And Tyus Edney. It took the length of the court. The length of the court to – uh, avoid a horrible upset, yep. and they go on to win the championship. We've seen this before, John, where a team escapes early yep. and then goes on a run. I think that is going to happen because I predict the Cowboys have a big year. Do you agree with that? No, not at all. Not even remotely. First of all, let's let's just cover this minute. And by the not way, not even I, remotely. No, not not no, even not, not even a little everything bit. Everything is remote. By not the way, even everything bit. is gonna, remotely. I'm so. going to attack your entire premise, and I'm going to tear it into small little pieces. I'm uh, since you threw me under the bus, from you right now because you get to rip me and tear yeah. me apart. Yeah, is palpable. First of all, uh, to go zero and two in the NFC East, and to say to that's your season. Are you kidding me? You can still lose another. Seven games and maybe win that division for God's sake. Right, but you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything in the playoffs. Well, I mean, look, once you get into the tournament, anything could happen. But I mean, I just that's not a good division. We saw more of that yesterday. Um, so I'm not buying that that would have that would have destroyed their season. Bad division. Uh, let's just get a really bad division. Let's cover a couple of things, first of all, for the Cowboys. Let's talk about the positives. I mean, I don't think there's any way you can't look at that and say those guys were game. They stayed in it. There were times when, you know, we've all seen NFL teams that have turned the ball over as much as they did in the first half and gotten behind who've just rolled over. They never did that. I, I like Dak. I like many of the things that they did. Um, that said, I don't think that they're a particularly good football team right now. I, I really, really don't. I think that 
the idea that Mike McCarthy was going to come in there and immediately turn things around. I just think anytime there's a coaching change, there's an adjustment period. And again, we don't have to talk about no preseason and truncated uh, off seasons. Um, it, 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 it doesn't matter. There's always that learning curve. And I think they will probably get a little bit better, but I don't actually think I watching some of the pregame uh, stuff yesterday and a couple of people said, take the star off their helmet and people wouldn't talk about them as much. And they think they were kind of just an average football team with a couple of good players. Um, I think that might be what they are. I think they'll be better towards the end of the season, but I didn't think Mike McCarthy coached a particularly good game. The fake punts I didn't, I really hundred percent understand. Um, it's, it's a good, it's a very, very good win for them. I agree. And it would have been, you know, because again, we put so much more attention on them than we probably should. Um, had they lost, it would have been to your point, Mark, everybody would have been just, you know, writing them off and, you know, wanting Mike McCarthy fired. I think they're an average football team that, um, that uh, will probably, will probably be better, be better. Couple few weeks couple into few the weeks season, as they get more and more used to their coaching staff, and the coaching staff gets more used to the players. Um, but I don't walk away from yesterday's I, game as a Cowboy fan feeling anything but um, uh, very, very fortunate. Quite frankly, well, um, this, is, this is where I think is going to happen. Yes, of course they have. This is why they are one and one. This is why they almost went zero and two. Is because they have to adjust. I think that's a good point to Mike McCarthy. But I think the team, the roster. Is exceptional. Mm. I think the I think the roster mm. it just needed to prove that it it can be talent. what it is. That the the offense was anemic week one. Scored forty points yesterday. You you and I both said it needs to be a shootout. You you were the one that said take the over, and it was you know if sixty five is the over, take it, and that would have won. But I think their offense figured some things out yesterday. Clearly, their defense now has to figure some things out. But I think what's happening is that as they figure things out, that talent is going to come and rise to the top. It's going to win out, if you will. It will out that talent. And Maybe. I think this kept them in the game, if you will, to be a an exceptional team this year. That's just my thought. I think the roster is is well, well, well above average. Yeah, I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna be an exceptional team. I think they could get to the point of being a good team. Joe Connolly, our cowboy fan, is chiming in that you know, you can't go 0 and two and then you you know they have Seattle next week, which will be yeah. where that defense against Russell Wilson's gonna be that could get ugly early. But um I, I still disagree. I think that team could go 0 and three and still play for we saw Philadelphia has all kinds of problems and now I think it goes beyond just the offensive line. I think Carson Wentz is getting a little loose um, with his play, probably because he's getting getting beaten up. Um, we, we saw, I think, what you're going to see from the Washington football team. Now, Kyler Murray is a difficult out, so Big time. Um, uh, that, that's going to be tough for any defense to figure him out. But uh, offensively, they're going to be very, very limited as Haskins gets more and more used to. There were all people on message boards for Washington saying they have to get rid of Haskins. It's like, what, how, how many starts does he have under his belt? It's not in a double digit yet, for God's sake. Um, and uh, and then the Giants are, are a, a, a tire fire. They almost they almost uh, beat the Bears, though. They did. They played a little bit better, but they lost Saquon Barkley for the season yeah. with the torn ACL. Though, I, you know, I'll say this about that. That's, that's always horrible and injuries were the story. Yesterday, I don't have to tell a 49er fan on the panel, um, but uh, uh, it, it, you weren't going to do anything this year anyway if you were the New York Giants. 
So you'd rather, if you're going to have an ACL tear for Saquon Barkley, you'd rather have it early in the season, and you'd rather have it in a season where you're not challenging. You know, I look at I look at the 49ers, and that's a team that could challenge, and they're losing first-line starters um, yeah, left and right. A lot um, so I think Dallas, I think Dallas could have bounced back from this, but uh, but again, I and to focus on the positive. You have to give those players credit. It would be very, very easy to roll over in that situation and uh and play dead. And they didn't. They they stayed in it. And I will never, ever, 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 ever understand as a guy who was on the hands team on my high school football team for onside kicks, how you just sit there and let that thing roll. And 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 don't jump on it. It makes no sense to me. Makes no sense to me. No, no, no one under no one understands that. Uh, it's going to be uh, very interesting. But like every other show, we we are just like every other show, John. We spending are too much time on the Cowboys. Any other show, we spent the entire opening section on the Cowboys. That makes me and angry. It's now time for progressive trivia, and it's an NFL person. Uh, so at least we can we didn't talk about Cam. My goodness, we will. We'll talk about Cam. Right. We will talk about Cam, but we'll also talk about that civ-like Seattle defense who allowed 400 yards to Matt Ryan and almost gave up a huge lead in the last second. They're going to have to figure that out. They're going to need to figure that out. And I hope they don't. That's just all I have to say. This guy spent 12-plus years in the National Football League, uh, played for multiple teams in both conferences, three-time Pro Bowler, career numbers 32,000-plus yards, and 180-plus touchdowns. So that's our first set of clues Okay, uh, for progressive trivia. 12-plus years in the NFL, played for multiple teams in both conferences, three-time Pro Bowler. Those are my career numbers, 32,000-plus yards, 180-plus touchdowns. And and go ahead. We have a couple of minutes before we connect with Jay Hayes. Go ahead and give us your uh, overall statement. It was a statement you gave to me earlier today about Cam Newton. Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, I don't remember the, the complete verbiage of my statement, but I am just so – I think that that's that has energized my NFL fandom as much as anything that I've seen in, in a long time in the NFL. I, I've always been a Cam Newton fan. You, you know me. I, I anybody who upsets the old school folks, I love. Um, and I always thought that he uh, he had the skill set to be a very very good quarterback. And I think what you're seeing is he has completely bought into the system. Josh McDaniels is figuring him out. I think he had almost 70% completion percentage yesterday. It's the highest of his career. Um, And he made some amazing throws. He was off here and there. Um, But I just think he has made this season, for me, a lot more interesting. Because you could look at that Buffalo Bill. Let's talk about Josh Allen and the Bills. They look very good. And he looks terrific. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of us thought that if they continued to improve, they might go through that division like a hot knife through butter. Well, that ain't going to happen now. And I tell you what, I I need to look forward to the schedule. But if Buffalo and New England play games towards the end of this season, I mean, those may be enormous flexed to Sunday night games. And yeah. I don't think anybody thought that coming into the uh, season. Looking at looking at that division after two weeks, you might get the impression that it's the tale of the haves and have-nots, the haves being the Patriots and the Bills and the have-nots being the Dolphins and the Jets. Well, the Jets are definitely have-nots. There's no doubt about it. The Niners, who had uh, how many active players on the field, John, yesterday for the 49ers? After they, they played with 10. They, they played, played with 10 with players. Total of who 10. both played both sides of the football And uh, they still beat them by 30 points, whatever it was. Wasn't even but, close. But the Dolphins... I think the Dolphins They'll get better. are a gritty team, and I yeah. think they're going to they're going to have some wins. And I think Tua will eventually uh, get to start. 
And I think that's going to be an interesting division, actually, as it progresses throughout the course of the season. So what we want to now do, folks, is talk to a, a, a man uh, who has been an assistant coach, uh, I think, for 18 years in the National Football League. We are going to attempt to connect with him via FaceTime Live. We're audio. so frightened of technology, Mark and I. Uh, I, we, we, we just don't know if it's going to work. It's, it's all up in the air. But uh, this gentleman's involved in a lot of other uh, things right now. He was coach of the XFL last year and uh, general manager, uh, I, I believe, the St. Louis franchise. We'll talk to him a little bit about that, about the Ethos Village, where he was talking to some kids about how to deal with, uh, you know, basically college football in, in the COVID-19 era, as well as a camp in Canton that he's running with uh, Darren Dalton and um, – and, uh, you know, giving people the chance out of college who have been dra- or who have not been drafted and who might be falling through the cracks, if you will, uh, a chance as well. So, Jeff, are we able to connect to Jay Hayes? Okay. We cannot hear you. We've lost Jeff. We have lost Jeff. <laughs> We're just Stand by. We'll just continue to talk some 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 football right now because there's so much to talk about. Well, I just want to bring I, up. I do want to talk quickly about. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. About the Niners, Nick Bosa feared to have an ACL tear. Uh, Solomon Torres, a knee injury, carted off the field. He's a starter. Uh, Debo Samuel's already on IR. Richard Sherman is on IR. Uh, yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play the second half. Raheem Mostert didn't play the second half. This is pretty ugly. Yeah, now, granted, no, they stay in the New York area and play the Giants. I, I kind of blame the turf. Have you heard or read anything about that? I've, I've, I, bl- I, I do blame that new turf that they have in, uh, you know, whatever the, the stadium formerly known as the Meadowlands. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but you do just get the sense um, that – you, 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 there was a question coming into the season how injuries were going to affect teams because you had a lot less contact in, in uh, preseason. You didn't have preseason football games, just practice. Um, it it seemed yesterday as if that really was uh, on. Um, it, we saw a lot of examples of that, not just with the Niners, but you look at the Niners and um, you, you just wonder if it's one of those years where no matter what you do, you can't keep people healthy. And you see this with, with, with teams for whatever reason. And a lot of times the criticism, there are criticisms of coaches. Um, the Washington football team went through this a couple of years, a, a few years ago, um, where it just seemed they were losing in preseason in the early games, starter after starter, offensive linemen dropping down, linebackers. And, um, there were criticism of, of the coaching staff and how they were dealing with them in the preseason. And this year, because everything was just up in the air, I, I mean, I guess you could look at it and say it, that's what happened, that the Niners, for whatever reason, their preseason conditioning wasn't proper. It, it's it's inexplicable, Mark. I really don't have an answer for it because it just it's one guy after another. Yeah, I don't I, you know, that that's kind of a. uh I don't know, a bit of a stretch to somehow blame the, the coaching staff. I don't know. I mean, but, you know, people have done that in the past when, when teams lost a lot of people. There's the question, you know, well, and, and, it, and there, it's never decided. It's always, you know, if the guy hits too much in preseason, oh, there was too much contact. Well, then there's not enough contact. I just right. think sometimes 
And there wasn't much of a preseason either. So that's yeah. that's a hard there was, that's a yeah. hard place to go. Yeah, as well. so, yeah, and that's why everybody said coming into the season, we, we didn't talk about it probably as much as we should, Mark, but uh people did say watch the first month of the season and see what the injuries look like. Um to that point though, can I switch gears and let me know as soon as uh we've uh we've got uh we've got Jay if we could put that together. Um some of the injuries yesterday led to really, really exceptionally fun moments. And I think the most fun were the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert, who with, I mean, I guess Tyrod Taylor pulled a chest muscle prior to the game during warmups and Herbert stepped in and just looked terrific. And I think yeah. what we may end up seeing because of the lack of preseason, we may see a lot of guys like that asked to step up and play earlier than we thought they would. Now they say they're going back to Tyrod Taylor. And I think that's probably right. smart, but uh, I, I just want again, looking for some silver lining to everything that's going on. First of all, right. for the Niners. Yeah. You still just steamrolled a team, even though you lost, I don't know what four starters during the game for God. Well, sake. and we had four starters out too. Right. D, right. D Ford as well. Debo Samuel. But uh, to ask know, a rookie quarterback to go in, with, I know, you know, 10 minutes notice, essentially. That's Herbert, pretty impressive from that. Yeah. Game. And that is impressive. And, and Burrow's playing very well also. Yeah. yeah so you've got guys. two quarterbacks that haven't, haven't, haven't needed any warm up time. Right. You know, what's were thrown into the fire, if you will, and have performed highly admirably, which is leading some of my our Dolphin fans, especially our friend Pete Zicky, to wonder why they aren't putting Tua in if they're going to be losing games anyway, if they're not going to make the playoffs him. anyway. You'll see him I, at some point. I did say we're going to see Tua down the right. line. He's worried that if Fitz starts winning some games, I, I said no one's going to get annoyed <laughs> if you know, if 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 a journeyman quarterback is pulled or two, oh, yeah. so I think that's it's going really to be uh, just fine. Static. Now, Robinson. Okay, so so we have we have Jay Hayes. Jay, can you hear us? All right, still efforting that. Still efforting we that. Are this efforting is that. This is uh, yes, uh, actually, every Jay. Can you hear us? It's in and out. I'm hearing a hello every 10 seconds. Yeah, and I'm not getting anything. So. I, so. It's really bad connection, guys. Okay, but we're hearing you now, Jay. Can you hear us at this point? Is it any better? He's he's driving. He has like a 16-hour drive. You may be driving through the through the, through the Appalachians for all we know. Oh, beautiful area time. Beautiful area of the country. Which is why the connection may be so bad. So I'll tell you what, Jay, we will we will try this another day. Uh, thank you very much for being ready, willing, and able to do this. But we are going to talk about the Ethos Village, uh, the XFL, your career. Uh, get your thoughts on uh, the Canton uh, camp that you're running up there uh, with Mr. Dalton as well. And uh, we'll do that another day when we get our connection a little bit better. Thank you very much, Jay. Appreciate yeah. that. Struggling. It reminds me of every news broadcast, Mark, uh, when all of the quarantine started and everybody was broadcasting from their homes. <laughs> it's just difficult. It's just difficult. So we apologize to Jay and uh, and the listening public. We'll get Jay back on here. As we mentioned, long time, long time NFL assistant with 
a number of teams. And also, Mark, what would what I, I really would have liked to talk to Jay about, he was a special teams coach. And right. you just want to go back and 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 watch the video over and over again of the Atlanta Falcons snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Wow. And I tell you, it's going to be a tough year for Matt Ryan. They had to have been confused or something. I don't know what happened there. It's, it's the like guy. It's the third it baseman. It's the third baseman. You know, uh, it, obviously the, it's different. Waiting for the bunt to go foul, right? Waiting to go foul, and it, and it never does. But I mean, my goodness, it. Uh, yeah, it just. Uh, it, it, it's inexplicable. And the first time under Dan Quinn, and they start out slow. But we mentioned this on Friday. They've never gone zero and two. They went one and four, and they went one and seven one reason. But they always start out at least one and one. So 0-2 in that division, where now I think we saw yesterday, Mark, with the Buccaneers, that um, Tom Brady's becoming more and more comfortable with all of his weapons. Here's the thing about the Buccaneers, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is valid or not, but they have so many weapons yes. that it might have acted a little bit as uh, something to slow down the progression because he has so many guys that he that he can um that he can rely on. It's not just where you, you know, you find the one, you, you find your Julian Edelman or your Rob Gronkowski and that's your guy. They've got all kinds of weapons. And uh, as we said, I think last week, that loss to the Saints, there, there were some questions, but this team is going to be a lot better in four weeks. And uh, they may be quite good in four weeks. I did not jump on the Super Bowl bandwagon, but I tell you, yesterday was, um, that, was a, that was a nice step forward for that team. Yeah, I mean, again, week one is week one. We'll know so much more at the quarter pole. You, <laughs> I, why are you saying that now? You I, hate I, that for I, I know. I'm saying it only because it's something to measure something by because we haven't had anything to measure anything by. <laughs> and uh, and so I'm, go, I'm, I'm reverting to things I've hated in the past because it's, it's the closest thing to normalcy. Even even NICU things, John, are at least somewhat normal, and I'm reverting to that. But, yeah, I I don't think there's a lot to worry about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really don't. But don't you uh, agree he's got more guys he's got to start to get in sync with? It's not just a one-guy thing. It's, but that will happen. Yeah, that it will. will. It just takes longer. It you know, and, and Tom Brady's a smart quarterback. There's no doubt about it. Bruce Arians, you know, there's a relatively complicated system there as well for him to get used to. And I think that division, more more so than even the AFC East, is a tale of two halves, halves and the haves and have-nots. I I don't think Atlanta, despite the fact that they have an explosive offense, yeah. is going to figure this out. And I don't know any. I, I I worry about the Panthers as well. I mean, I think it's going to be all about the Saints and the Bucks in that division. In the West, it looks like everyone. If the Niners can navigate their injuries, they have four winnable games in a row, including yesterday's game. But the way Kyler Murray is playing, yep. the way the Rams seem to have uh, put it into another gear, right? And despite a sieve-like defense, Seattle and especially Russell Wilson are having all-world years right yeah. now. That's that is a brutal division it is the north is very interesting because i don't buy the bears i think they're two and oh and they're, they're sort of a lucky two and oh they came back from 20 to nothing to beat the lions because everyone comes back to beat the lions and uh, including the packers yesterday from i think a 17 point deficit or 14 point deficit i i the vikings are inexplicably bad and yeah, the kirk packers cousins is very having, yeah. kirk cousins is having an historically bad couple of weeks so He's I terrible. Yesterday. I don't know what's happening there, 
But uh, the NFC is is starting to, I don't know, unveil itself pretty early in the in the West. Kansas City, I'm, it's like they just have to be behind, John. That's yeah. the thing. Your two people you talked about, Herbert and Cam Newton, had these really spectacular games for a variety of reasons, for their own different reasons, and they both lost heartbreakers. Yeah. Which makes me think that the story isn't as redemptive as you'd like it to be. It's just not. They lost. You know, they lost to the freaking Chiefs, which just they, they need to be down big to win. And uh, the Seahawks, who every year have about a handful of games that are decided by inches, and it looks like this year they're going to kind of win all those games. Uh, but the West is interesting. If Locke, do we know the status of Drew Locke at this point? Um, I don't think they have announced. They hadn't announced as of about an hour ago what the uh, the full uh, extent of his injury is. Barkley, as I mentioned earlier, they did say would miss the season. Um, still awaiting um, the Bosa results, right? It, it, they haven't said completely yet. Nothing for sure. Do we know for sure about Saquon? Yes. Yeah, he is He is done for the season um, with a torn ACL. Um Okay. Uh, so yeah, we I, don't I know. Locke is out two to six weeks with a with a shoulder injury. Okay, um, that's that's going to hurt Denver, obviously. Yeah, they've already started out zero and two. Um, and, and San Diego, I think, is a good team. Los Angeles. I'm sorry, Los Angeles. I know. Yeah. I do it all the time too. And we'll see what happens with Las Vegas tonight. Stop moving teams. <laughs> Should be a fun. That's never going to game tonight. Raiders uh, and Saints. I tell you what, the Raiders were, uh, you know, the week one surprise. We said a lock that the Raiders go on, and we, it was Carolina, and and they and they have some issues. But um, it, it, I always thought Derek Carr was a pretty solid quarterback, and given the right coaching, a more consistent coaching, and 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 better front office, because I think the Raiders front office has been pretty bad for an awfully long time, um, that he could have some success. And you're right. This will be a big game uh, tonight. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, also, just we got to chime in about a couple of teams. And Joe Conley brings up the Titans and Ryan Tannehill for his last yeah. seven or eight starts. It just seems like the light finally turned on for him as far as consistency. And he remember he's a guy who was a receiver in college. I think played a little slot receiver, played some tight end. Played one season, I believe, as a starter at and AM. Re- and, and remember with the Dolphins before he got hurt, they yeah. were eleven and five. He had a great year. He he did. And he and there was always there were, you know, he was inconsistent as young quarterbacks tend to be. But all of a sudden, in a division that is uh you know, anybody's obviously the Titans who I'd written off, I said they'd be one of those fifty percent of teams that did not make the playoffs this year from last yeah, year. Me too. I did not I did not believe in them at all. I think all. they might be better than we think. Well, that's kind of a fun story. If if Ryan Tannehill really Absolutely. If, if that late season surge by him last year wasn't sort of a fluke, sort of this uh, you know, if it's more of a Jim Plunkett story, if you will, on some level. Uh, then that's always fun. That's yeah. always great. And he it's, conducted it's, himself in Miami. Yes. I thought exemplary. His, his his he just was a good guy. He took the uh, the criticism. Um, he he took responsibility when he didn't play well. He didn't whine. He had he had injuries. He had difficulty staying healthy. Obviously, he didn't whine about that. I just think you know it's just one of those stories. I think that we can all love where a guy was able to. Um, 
just just turn off the outside world and focus on getting better as a quarterback. And right now, there aren't a lot of teams out there that wouldn't take a Ryan Tannehill as their starting yeah. quarterback. And like you said, he conducted himself with a lot of class at Tennessee as well, behind Marcus Mariota, you yep. know, when he was just the backup. Yep. I, I'm going back to the Niners, too, because Lenny reminded me. It's also so, – so think about this. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Dibby, Debbie, Debo Samuel, uh, Kittle as well. George Kittle. I mean, their center, their starting center is out. Yeah. Their right guard. I mean, these are D Ford, Nick Bosa, Solomon Torres, three out of their, you know, four or five defensive linemen. Richard Sherman. It's nuts. It is it is nuts. It's like it's like their whole front line is is down. I mean that I have not I don't remember those kind of name players being all out at once for any. So what I said, team. this is Even one where I just, don't remember the Redskins, you know, this is not, just maybe well, they just didn't have the name players at that point. You know what I mean? Well, there was a period though where they were losing they were losing starters and the and the handful of like veteran starters that they had. Um uh yeah, I that's why I said when you look at you look at San Francisco, and I know there are a lot of people out there who poo-poo luck and don't but sometimes it's just not your year. And you keep losing starters to this. And I know you keep saying, well, if they can hold it together, Durka, 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 they are going to make it. Um, you, you, you've gone off Herrera land with it. But you just you, you look at this and think, goodness gracious, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it's just too much to overcome. Well, you, you predicted it. You predicted that they were going to be one of those teams that didn't yeah. make the playoffs. They I were going to be, like be the Rams of last year. Let's go to our progressive trivia for our second set of clues. Uh, and then we will... Uh, Talk some more NFL, maybe touch on the NBA a little bit. What a game last night. Talk about a little Major League Baseball as well. Okay, first set of clues for this guy. He's a quarterback, obviously, 12-plus years in the NFL, played for multiple teams in both conferences, three-time Pro Bowler. Career numbers, 32,000-plus yards, 180-plus TDs. Pretty, Pretty good, pretty good numbers. Next set of clues, I've had seven head coaches, played for two head coaches my senior year in college. 14 postseason touchdowns, had the lowest interception percentage in the league in two separate seasons. So let's do all all eight one more time, if you don't mind, Jeff. 12-plus seasons in the National Football League. Played for two head coaches uh, my senior year in college. Uh, Played for multiple teams in both conferences. Three-time Pro Bowler. Career numbers 32,000-plus yards, 180-plus TDs. Had seven head coaches overall. Again, mentioned the two head coaches, senior year. 14 postseason touchdowns. That's pretty solid. Had uh, the lowest interception interception percentage in the league in two separate seasons. All right, Johnny, let's let's go quickly to the NBA. Um, unless there's some other over, you know, blatant overreactions that we can dive into. I'm sure we can get back to it. Let, yeah, let's, I, let's switch gears for a bit and then we'll we'll completely overreact even a little more. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm not sure what to be more impressed with. The three-point buzzer beater by Anthony Davis. Great shot. Uh, the way the L.A. Lakers took what seems to be now a modus operandi of the Denver Nuggets, which they get down 16, 18, 20 points, and then they just storm back. And the Clippers weren't able to deal with that. They they sort of folded in the last three games whenever that happened. Yeah. The Lakers held them off. So that's impressive as well. 
But I have to tell you, John, the Denver Nuggets and 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 Yoki, Jokic, he's nuts. Yeah. What he was doing in late in that fourth quarter is absolutely nuts. Taking nothing away from Murray or any of the other players on that on that uh, team. But the Denver Nuggets are an impressive, gritty, really fun team to watch. And there is no way I'm saying this series is over. No, I I don't necessarily think the series is over either. And I think what you see with both of those teams, and this is what you didn't see with the Clippers, is that the, both the Lakers and uh, the Nuggets have great chemistry. The, 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 those teams just, they've come together in the bubble situation, whereas a team like the Clippers really never did. Um and I think uh, I think Los Angeles is the better of the two teams. And I do believe that, you know, in the end, they're going to win this series, but they're going to be tested. You can't you can't you can't have an off night against the Nuggets. That's the thing. They're young. They're hungry. They're you can playing barely have an off money. quarter. You can barely yeah. have an off quarter against the Nuggets. Yeah, they can score in bunches. Um, they're very energetic. They're long. <laughs> they they're really really fun, and I think we talked to Jeff. We talked. We spoke to this early after the first series, first couple of series, and said we don't think Denver's going to win everything, but you might be seeing a team that in the future that their future may actually have accelerated a little. Yeah, given what they've been able to do in these in this tournament, and for a while because uh, Jokic is I think young three young Murray's twenty five. Very young. That could be a team to contend with in the future. The the, the Lakers the average needs. Ages. more good teams. What? The West needs more good yeah. teams. <laughs> Can exactly. we move them to the What's East? What's the average age well, for the, the for the LA Lakers? Uh, Fifty four. Fifty four. So you know, hope hopefully they can hang on. But uh, <laughs> De- Denver's definitely got the edge with endurance. That's just uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Boston took a game. So now it's two to one. Uh, the um, that's a fascinating series. We'll see what happens there. Uh, in hockey, yeah, I know the Stars took Game One. Well, I think what you saw in that, and uh, Jeff is more of the expert on this than me, but I think you saw from Tampa the uh, uh, the residuals of having to play so having to play deeper, more games. Overtime games, they just looked a little tired against Dallas. I think they're a better, I think they're a more talented team. I think most people agree Tampa's a more talented team, but I think uh I think fatigue got to them in game one. I expect this is a series that I expect to go at least six. I still like Tampa in the series. Um, and I'm just gonna chalk that up to they were they were pretty fatigued. They had had one, I think, one day off. Dallas had had four days off, I believe, coming into that. And they're, you know. D- deep into a Stanley Cup playoff run, uh, keeping your legs is as important as anything else, as skill even. The incredible thing about Dallas is that they have two backup goalies. They don't have a true starting goalie. Hudobin has been incredible through the playoffs, and if they win the Stanley Cup, it's going to be all on him yeah. because they're they're a great they're a good team. They're not a great yeah, they team. Are. Good team. They're very good. They've been a good team for a long time. They're kind of at the end of their window with the guys that they've had around for a decent amount of time. But Vasilevsky is the superior goalie. But if Hudobin can show up, they can win that series. But do you agree to me that Tampa Tampa just looked a little tired? They look like they're 
Yeah, Absolutely. it's just they played a lot more hockey than Dallas did in the playoffs. So, and not uh, only that, they're beat up. They were yeah. beat up coming into it. So they're they're coming back together. Uh, Braden points back. I think Stamkos. No, he is, won't be back. But because he's at he's all actor, I, I don't think he'll be back for the for the Stanley Cup final. Okay, because they because they initially said game one and they didn't go beyond that. So I just wasn't sure. Uh, what his situation was. I, could I think be that's wrong, but I feel like he's been a, a questionable a lot during the mm-hmm. playoffs and I don't know if it's a if it's a mental game or if they really do think he's on the cusp of coming back. I just I don't see it happening. It would change all the chemistry that they've had in the playoffs putting a guy of that caliber on the top 6. Fair enough, but yeah, I think Mark you're going to see a nice bounce back from Tampa in this yeah. next game. It could go either way. I mean, like I said, this is going to go 6 or 7. I just still think uh, I'll take talent over everything else in the end, and I think Tampa's a more talented team. Uh, and I think, like, well, by the way, on the uh, when you jump back to the the Eastern Conference, uh, I, I I don't I still like Miami to get out of that. I, I just think they're better we'll than Boston. I think yeah. they're more I think they're a more disciplined and better coached team than Boston is sure. at this point. And I love Brad. I, I love Brad, but I just think, uh, yeah, Eric's uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, maybe, maybe. Maybe the man the league should be named after. Maybe it should be Eric Spolstra's NBA. Uh, or just the, uh, just, the, just the logo. Just the, the logo. Championship. The logo, yes, goes from Jerry West to just the logo. To Eric That's Spolstra oh, on Eric in a polo. Who, I like he's a young man who's probably about Jeff's age, actually. That's why he, yeah, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, Gen X guy. So uh, there it is. He, he loves him. He, he identifies with him. Major League Baseball, the American League, is sort of set with the playoffs, although the seedings are different. Yankees, uh, you know, with a oh massive God. ten game, nine they had a nine, I think they had a ten game winning streak at one point, and uh, just phenomenal. They had beaten Boston twelve times in a row. Also, they, <laughs> you know, they they got healthy. John, that's yeah. the thing. Stanton was out. I know Judge was out. I'm not sure how healthy he is, but Urshela was was banged up. They were they were banged up, yeah. and um, and now they're healthy. It, you know, it's going to be Toronto, New York. Chicago, Minnesota, Cleveland, Oakland, Houston, and I think that's it. And uh, is there one more team in there? Toronto. Toronto. You said Toronto. Toronto. Okay. I think you didn't say Tampa. I think you missed. You missed. The okay. Year. So Tampa, Toronto. Yeah, Tampa number one, and then New York, Toronto. So three from the east, three from the central, and uh, two from the west. In in the National League, you've got, you know, you've got Atlanta, you've got Chicago. You've got Los Angeles and San Diego. Los Angeles and San next, Diego, the only ones who have clinched, actually, at this point. The, you, the next uh, six or seven teams trying to get to four slots are Miami, St. Louis, they and uh, and Philadelphia. Ha- all are just over 500. Philly's a, a game over. Then you've got Cincinnati at 500. At 500 Milwaukee yeah. at 500. San Francisco at 500. So it's 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 going to be a, you know and yeah. I was thinking Jeff since we're going to do more San Francisco talk with with Mark you were talking about Gabe Kapler and my whole theory was that he, he starts out fast and then fades at the end well if you think about it Jeff this last week of the season is sort of a or the last ten days because they lost you know they lost two out of three in Oakland. So the last 10 days of the season, last 10 games, is essentially equivalent to the last month. So if they fade during these last 10 games, then he will have completely matched his M.O. for his first previous uh, two seasons. I'll just say he will not be welcomed back. 
in San Francisco. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Right now, Gabe Kapler already. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to t- talk some baseball. The, the pennants, you know, this is one more week of baseball. I know. We've got college football heating up. We're, we're right in the middle of the NFL. We've got NBA and it, well, or to have NHL finals, NBA finals around the corner. Unbelievable. I know you said something about, oh, you posted something about Lamont. You watched Lamont. 24 hours of Lamont. Always one of my favorites. NBA, NHL playoffs, college football, NFL. I mean, I it, was the, it was the greatest day of your life, John Pelkey. As I put in my post, 2020, I still hate you. But uh, that was a nice gesture. Thanks. That was a really yeah. nice gesture, giving me giving me all those. Speaking of the uh, U.S. Open, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Bryson DeChambeau uh, breaking every rule necessary or every uh, everything they tell you you have to do to win a uh, U.S. Open. He did not do. Uh, they say just stay in the fairways, stay out of the rough. He just basically went up there. I think he put on thirty pounds of muscle in the off season. He is just one big muscle, and he just went out there and bombed uh, bombed away. He's the only person under par in the final round. Wins by six strokes. Um, love him or hate him, he has. We talked about golf on Friday, Mark, and what it would take for people to to dial in. And of course, Tiger doesn't make the cut. Phil doesn't make the cut. Um, and uh, DeChambeau is, is one of those love him or hate him guys. And uh, he might be somebody who who moves the needle a little bit. Yep. I mean, you know, again, you have to win. You have to win a few. You have to win like three majors in two years type of thing. Yeah. I think for for people to really start following because people do get attracted and attached to people that go on a great run or teams that go on a great run. It's just, I think part of what makes sports great. All right, let's go to our third set of progressives coming up. We'll start with the, uh, the first two. We're looking for an NFL quarterback. Uh, I've spent 12 plus years in the NFL played for multiple teams in both conferences, three time pro bowler. I haven't checked any of the guesses. I don't see I don't see Oh, we had had Mark Brunel. We had Mark Brunel as a guest. That's wrong. That's a pretty good guess. Let me see if Johnny's guess is uh, correct. I don't see it any. Oh, Fitzpatrick. Nope. Okay. Uh, I've played for multiple teams in both conferences, three-time Pro Bowler. Career numbers, 32,000-plus yards, 180-plus touchdowns. Second set of clues coming up. Had seven head coaches, played for two head coaches my senior year in college, 14 postseason touchdowns, had the lowest interception percentage in the league, two separate seasons. Final clues coming up. Never won a Super Bowl, led the league in passer rating one year, Played for a Mountain West school considered to be the first BCS buster back in the BCS days. And I'm a former number one first overall draft pick. That should really give it away. That's it. And uh, let's go to uh, uh, promoing what's happening the rest of the week. Wednesday, it's going to be the year in sports, 1968. We talked about the Olympics. We talked about the fact that it's the first year of expansion hockey. Uh, it's a Celtics-Lakers final. It's the classic seven-game World Series between the Tigers and the uh, Cardinals. Obviously, Mexico City uh, is uh, famous not just for John Carlos and Tommy Smith, but also for uh, the winner of uh, the heavyweight or, or the boxing gold medal. It's a lot of fun there to talk about that. Obviously, uh, in 1968 is the season the Jets ended up winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And um, college football. Also very, very interesting in 1968 as well. Heisman Trophy winner. I think we all know who that is. We can talk about that. It's uh, 
quite amazing. Quite an amazing it combination. Is. Also, Bob Beeman. Historic turning out, yes, turning Bob out. Bob Beeman in Mexico City shattering. I, yep. I still believe that Bob Beeman's shattering of the long jump record is the greatest percentage in improvement over the previous record of any Olympic sport ever. I might be wrong. I might just be track and field, but how much he broke that by the percentage greater than uh, what it had previously been in the high altitude of Mexico City, certainly. Um, and no one was necessarily any more surprised than Bob Beeman, who we interviewed at the ESPN club and said, you know, I, he said, I knew I had, I had trained well. I knew I had an opportunity, but did I expect to go out and just shatter the record by, you know, a foot or some just insane amount? Um, and he even said, well, no, you really can't think into those terms. And that's about the third biggest story of the Olympics that year. Yeah. Starting with starting with Harry Edwards uh, convincing guys to boycott, including the then Lou Alcindor. So we uh, yeah, and and there's a lot of politics involved in that particular Olympics. We've yes, talked there about Avery Brundage before. He will come up again. And uh, there were other political heroes, if you will, John, outside of Tommy Smith and uh, John Carlos yeah. uh, that took a much bigger hit. In their yeah. lives and in their sport, uh, when they returned to their countries, then John, I, uh, and John Carlos and Tommy Smith took their fair share, right? But there have been others took greater hits, believe it or not, and it's just fascinating. I uh, they in fact uh, one of the old HBO sports documentaries um, on the '68 Mexico Olympics. I actually watched uh, a couple of days ago, hour long, mainly focuses on uh, Carlos and Smith and Harry Edwards. Um, trying to get guys to either be activists or to boycott the Olympics. And there were a lot of reasons. Um, if, if you look into the Mexico Olympics about what they did to poor people in Mexico city at a time where poverty was just horrible there and well, was done. Yeah. And that's kind of an Olympic story <laughs> year in and year out. No. It's, um, yeah. What, what, what the president of Mexico, you know, had recently ordered to do was yeah. heinous. Yep. And it, it was, was just weeks before the, uh, the, you know, opening ceremonies. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That. And, but and as I said in the uh, it, when we talked about this, when you first dropped that it, it was going to be 68. It's like the January of 68 started out with Vince Lombardi retiring after winning a championship from, from, from the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that was a titanic shift in the National Football League. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, and Joe Connolly got our progressive trivia right. Congratulations, Joe. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And remember there was unrest all over the world. It wasn't just in the United States. 68 oh, yeah. was a Paris big year all are, over. Are we going to play street fighting man on a loop underneath the thing? Ooh, just the entire I like time. I, I think I'm going to make it a multi, a, a grand multimedia presentation, John. Uh, so I will, I will let the sound and the visuals do my reporting for me. And I'll maybe have one page of notes. That's just slave to technology. You're such a slave to technology. I'm, I'm just lazy. I think. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm the writer. I want to write it all. I want it all sure. written. Yeah. I no, want I'm, it all written. And you know me. I, you know, I can write. I can do that. But uh, it, it gets more than an inch too deep. Yeah. I'm a mile wide and an inch deep on everything, as you know. So we're 52 minutes into the show and, and, talk, and, and well, talked about a lot of different things, talked about a lot of football, and didn't mention that. The Green Bay Packers might be really, really good this year. No, I know. We have not mentioned them. We we briefly mentioned that they're, they're 2-0. Aaron Rodgers looks great. 
the Offensively, team they look terrific. Yeah, and we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, kind of holding our powder right now for the Green Bay Packers. It's early. Well, and it's 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 not a particularly good division either. So, you know, they could end up with 11 wins and 12 wins and not have success in the postseason. But they, they've just looked good. I mean, if you look at the eye test, and I watch mainly red zone and stuff, you, you the eye test, and you can see when teams – you know, Dallas had moments of looking good, but then there were the turnovers and you know, yes, they're explosive and they can do a lot of they're to your point, they're talented on offense and they can overcome a lot of mistakes with that. Um, Green Bay just looks good. I mean, they look solid offensively at this point. And, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been and, and remember and wait to write him off. Including his team. Well, I think they, uh, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of not conspiracy theories, but there's a lot of theories out there that general managers uh, draft not only for their team strength and their roster strength, but they also draft for psychological reasons as well. And that Aaron Rodgers needed a boost, needed a kick in the butt. And um, and so they, they draft love. You know, they move up to draft him in the first round. And uh I just and think now, they had success. And now, and now look at look at how his first two games have. have I just have think come out. But see, I, I I guess you can. I, I just think you, as a general manager, more often than not, you're playing a little bit longer game than that. That's a pretty short game to play. Um, and I, I, I you know, it, it, it's a possibility. But I think they had success with this in the past, which is bringing in a talented quarterback that they felt needed some seasoning. I think we would all agree that Rodgers was probably a little further along than Love was. Um, it's a little different NFL now than when Aaron Rodgers joined it as well, what we ask our quarterbacks to do. Um, but I think they they see the benefit. And I, I mean, you and I have discussed this about quarterbacks, the benefit of having a guy and giving him an opportunity to watch. And we'll see if 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 Love gets it's a series here and there. We all believe that. Um, what we what we saw in San Diego yesterday because of injury with Justin Herbert, but we all thought we'd see Herbert at some point that they would get in. That we all believe Tua, barring some sort of injury or fits, becomes Dan Marino for six weeks, which you know fits. He could do that for two or three certainly. Um, but we expect to see Tua and all that. Uh, I don't think we really expect to see Jordan Love. Um, we, we don't, and I think it's the same exact plan they had with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you you, you got to remember Brett Favre wasn't thrilled. You know, no player no, is thrilled. Not at all. And you move up the draft to draft someone at their position. No no NFL player is thrilled. Not You're not thrilled, John, when they have auditions for sports hosts, for instance. You no. hate that. No, they do it all the time. They've been running guys by us for years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think the Packers are going to be good. And in a way, it felt like they sort of sleepwalked through a 13-3 and season last year and, and, and a championship game appearance. And Aaron Rodgers seemed uh, very, very – he was low-key about it, but he seemed very, very confident about the, the future of the Packers. And, uh, you know, it, it, we could be seeing a, a pretty special year out of them. Well, I also want to talk about the rest of this week, John. On Friday, you are uh, choosing to go uh, uh, with other commitments. I, I have before, a, I have a before paying, after further paying job. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I have a paying job. It, it, you do have a paying job. You do have a paying job. And, um, you know, congratulations. We, we all, we all, uh, we all congratulate you, you on the fact that you're earning money in a, in a, 
profession that does not earn any money anymore. Doesn't want uh, anyone anymore. So congratulations. So my idea, we were going to have the man who was responsible for whatever future we may have at Disney, Matthew Hamill and his son. Right. Uh, Pick Play is their podcast. We were going to kind of combine podcasts on Friday, but we can't do that now. Uh, A a previous commitment uh, showed up for that one. So what we're going to do is we're going to have segments with our loyal listeners. We're going to have a segment with Tom Marino where he talks some Dodger baseball, talks some Laker basketball, maybe maybe, uh, breaks down the Rams-Buffalo game briefly. We're going to talk to Joe Connolly all the way from Scotland. Going to talk some Cowboys. Going to talk about some betting lines because he's a big, big gambler. I know Amanda's <laughs> listening. Uh, we're going to talk to Brian Iscari, Chief of the Fire. He's going to uh, talk about maybe he can talk about the wildfires in California for crying out loud. He he can speak to that stuff. Mm-hmm. He can speak to how much he hates the San Francisco Giants. Probably thinks they're the most overrated team in, in all of his in all the sports. We're going to talk to Lenny, of course. Going to bring Lenny in. He'll talk some Packer football. He'll talk some college football. He'll have some sort of statistic that will tell you how you should bet the Pittsburgh game. Because for a guy who's not a Steelers fan, he knows every – he can tell you. Well, I tell you what, on a game where they won by 12 and had a canceled practice due to lightning on Wednesday, Tomlin is 2-11. and He just knows that stuff. No, he does. He's never wrong when it comes to the Steelers. Oh, my God. He is 100% when it comes to prognosticating what the Steelers do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to have Joe. It's going to be a potpourri of all of our loyal listeners, each getting their own segment. I think it's going to be a blast, John. And, uh, you know, we're also going to share memories of you. Because this may very well well be your last show on Wednesday, for all we know. Well, I mean, I think if it goes well, you'll replace me. You were you were hoping. I think you hoped with Matt, you could bring him in here and it would go well, and you could parlay it not only to his doing the show instead of me, which is your ultimate goal, um, but uh, also you could parlay it into him giving you work should that ever occur again. Future at, work at the Walt Disney World Resort. I'll be first in line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll you'll move up the uh, the pole the there. Chart. We'll move up the depth chart a little bit. Um, you'll buy your way onto the depth chart, which there you go. Which so yeah, Wednesday I planned uh, I planned a farewell. Good. Um, Looking forward to it because I'm 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 awaiting that call while I'm hosting the Florida Runners event in Lakeland. Right. Um, don't need you back. Uh, but you probably wouldn't do that. No, given the way you generally deal with doling out information to me. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I would probably text you on Monday morning, my show or yours today, and you would send me back a text saying, mine, you're not needed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to, to, to just be shuttled off the show. You're not needed. You're, you're not needed. I'm like, I'm not needed for the menu? No, you're you're just not needed. Maybe you're going to, maybe you, maybe, maybe the evil Vin Scully has gotten you to the point where you just want to Vin Scully this. You tell Jeff, turn your microphone off, get rid of me. And it's just you and your homespun stories about early life in Northern California and your early fandom and how Woody Peoples was your favorite player as a kid. And, you know, that's Gene Washington, Gene Washington out of Stanford. 
The Gene Washington I'm talking about. There's a few Gene Washington. The other Gene Washington was out of, uh, well, there were two wide receivers all at the same time. The other one was a Michigan State guy. So you you could have said that and you would have gotten it right as well. All right, Johnny. So this is 50, 55 minutes going on six, 56 minutes. Isn't right? there more football we can talk? What about college football? What about I that think, immense Miami-Louisville game? I think we leave them wanting more. We leave them wanting more. But that was a good win for uh, Miami, no doubt and about that, it. And that Derek. And I can't remember his last name. And boy, Riley Claremont is going to slam me for this one. But uh, Miami looks like they found their quarterback, and they might be pretty good. I like Miami. I like they might be pretty I like good. the Dolphins a lot as well, too. I like Brian Flores. I think things are going to happen down there in a good in a good way as well. For Jeff Taylor, Jay Hayes, who you heard about seven words from <laughs> when we uh, were able to get through on the phone. We will talk to him a little bit later. John Pelkey. I'm Mark Ferrer. We'll be back on Wednesday for Deep Dive 10, the year in sports, 1968. And, yes, a, a throw out to, to Lenny uh, just mentioning the pitchers of 1968, John. That's the reason they changed the mound because Bob Gibson had a 1.12 ERA for crying out loud, and it was just a ridiculous season for Major League Baseball pitchers. All right, that does it. Thank you very much. Enjoy your Monday, everyone. Talk to you soon. Be safe.